0: Well, good morning everyone. Today I want to speak to you about the power and the worth of the Word of God. We're continuing our sermon series today on Hearing the Voice of God and today we're considering an episode from the book of Nehemiah, where God speaks as his word is read. If you want my one-line summary of the reading we've just had, it's this. God speaks and his people listen and respond. Now this is a powerful story that's just been read. But let's get a bit of context and then let's go through verse by verse so we understand what's happening you see we've dived here roughly into the middle of the book of nehemiah where nehemiah was an israelite used by god in a really powerful way but the story is much wider than just one man we are coming to the story of the people of god who have been taken from their land by the babylonians and are now returning from exile the jews were invaded by a foreign force the babylonian empire came and invaded their land and they took all the people. This is a common practice of evading armies at the time, taking people for slavery. And the Israelites were taken by the Babylonians from their land for 70 years. And we're reading now the story of their return. This story of return is told across the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. We see that there are three men sent to lead three phases of their return to their land. So in Ezra one to six, Zerubbabel is sent to rebuild the temple of God. Then in Ezra, uh, chapters 7 to 10, Ezra comes to rebuild the Torah, the word of God, and community. And then Nehemiah, chapters 1 to 7, it is a rebuilding of the city walls. So Nehemiah, our book, and this passage that we've read today, it is the account of the third return of the people of God from exile. And Nehemiah is the third person that is sent to rebuild. But when he comes, it's more than just city walls and houses that need to be built up. The Lord needs to build his people up. I mean, can you imagine what it's like to be taken from your home? Can you imagine what it's like for a whole people group to be taken from their land? It would be so disrupting and dislocating and damaging. And that's exactly what has happened to the people of God. But it's more than just themselves and their land that needs to be built up. Their relationship with God is dislocated and damaged. And so God needs to not just build up the walls of the city of the people of God, God needs to build up his people. In fact, God needs to revive his people. And that's precisely what our story is today. It is the moment we're reading. This is a story of the word of God being read and it's totally changing God's people. And that is the power of God's word to us. But to help us break up the story and understand it, I've come up with some headers so we can see what was going on. And we're gonna see what the people of God do. So what do the people of God do? The first thing they do is they gather hungrily. Verse one says this. All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So this is the story. Having done their rebuilding, they come together in the seventh month of the year after the rebuilding of their city. And when they come together, they ask for the book of the law of Moses. That means the first five books of the Bible. And they're hungry for it. Ezra, they say, get the book. We want to hear it. And if you really want to see how hungry they are, you see that they're reading and listening for six hours. Verse three, he read it aloud from daybreak till noon. So the people gather hungrily in this story, but they also prepare worshipfully. In verse four, we see that they built a platform for Ezra to stand and read on. In verse five, we see their preparation as they stand up when Ezra opens the book. But in verse six, we see that they prepare worshipfully. Verse six, Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, amen, amen, and then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Nothing will get you ready to hear God speak like worshiping him, because worship puts God in the right place. Worship is bowing low to lift God high, And when God is lifted high, everything else is put into perspective and our hearts are ready to hear and receive from him. So they gather hungrily, they prepare worshipfully, but then they listen attentively. Verse 3, and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Can you imagine this? A huge crowd of people gathered there, listening as one to what is being read. You know, the power of this moment is really seen in who listens and how they listen. Everybody listens, it says. And then everybody listens attentively. They give it their full attention. They're not distracted by their phones or Instagram or their children or anything. So they listen attentively. But then what do they do? What happens as this moment goes on? Well, it's that they teach carefully. In verse 7, the Levites, and I won't try and read all the names that are there, but they definitely make some interesting baby names. We definitely don't see enough little Sherabias and Josabads running about. <laughs> But what do these wonderfully named people do? Verse 7, the Levites instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. So they instruct the people. They make it clear. And as it's being read out, they help people understand what is going on. They make sure they understand what's going on. Learning from the word of God with others is so important. We don't just learn on our own. God gives us each other and teaches to unpack his word. And when God's word lands, when it impacts people, look at what it can do. They don't just teach carefully, but they respond as they weep repentantly. Verse nine, then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and teacher of the law and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep for all the people have been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. I mean, this shows us that something else is going on more than just a simple listening and reading. Now, trust me, we don't need to cry every time we open the Bible. That would be exhausting. Can you imagine? This shows us that the people of God, their hearts were soft and that God was moving by his Holy Spirit. All the people there, they're under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And then look what happens. Finally, they don't just weep repentantly, but they respond obediently and celebrate joyfully. Verse 10. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. What beautiful words from Nehemiah. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I wonder if any of us need to hear that today. The people certainly need to hear those words then. And they responded obediently and they celebrated joyfully. Verse 12, because they do what they're told, the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. And the story goes on. The next day they come back to study the commands and they find more instructions for a festival. And they do exactly that and that results in even more joy. So what happens in our passage today? Well, they gather hungrily, they prepare worshipfully, they listen attentively, they teach carefully, they weep repentantly, they respond obediently, and they celebrate joyfully. But here's the thing. This story is not just about what the people of God do. It's about God and what he does. And it's specifically about the power and worth of God's word. And here's our point. God speaks through his word. By the power of his Holy Spirit, God encounters people through his written word. And this story is a wonderful example of what God's word testifies about across the whole of Scripture. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. I wonder what the differences say between the Bible and my favourite novel. My favourite novel is Catch-22 by an author called Joseph Heller. And it's set in the Second World War. It's a hugely important novel, and I love it. Written in the 20th century, written in the 60s. What's the difference between those two books? Or in fact, the Bible and any other book? The difference is that the Bible is the living word of God. Because in this book, we don't just find the words of God. This is the word of God. These are the words of God spoken through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 3.16 All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Scripture is God-breathed. Now you know what else is God-breathed? Humanity created in the image of God. In Genesis, God breathes life into Adam. And in the same way, God has breathed his life into this book, in its writing, and then breathes again in its reading, so that this becomes his living word. And that's what this account in Nehemiah that we've come to today is really about. God's living word is read aloud and through the power of the Holy Spirit, it brings revival. This is a story of revival today. God's people are brought back to God. This is a holy day, say the Levites. Nehemiah says, this day is holy to our Lord. God's people are brought under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the weeping of repentance is heard. And then they are brought to the joy of God, because that's what obeying God's word does. So there's tears of conviction and the joy of obedience as they encounter God and are built up. Just as the walls of the city are being built and rebuilt, in this moment of listening and obeying, as God's living word is being read, the people are being built up. After years of being away from their homeland without a place to worship God, they are weak. But God strengthens his people through his word by the power of his Holy Spirit. We continually need this kind of moment we need the strengthening and we need we need the reviving life that god brings through his word you see we are made to live by what god says and what god has said deuteronomy 8 3 man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god this is the verse that jesus quoted when he was in the desert And what it shows us is that the source of our life and the thing that feeds, sustains and nourishes us is what God speaks to us. If you want to know God more, if you want to grow in your faith, if you want the kind of life that God offers you, if you want refreshing, if you want strengthening, if you want revival in your life, if you want to hear God speak, then you need God's word. And in just the same way that God meets, convicts and strengthens people in this book of Nehemiah, So God wants to do and will do the same thing for you through his Holy Spirit. And just as God brings great joy for his people here, God wants to do the same thing for you. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen? Amen. So what are we to do? Because that's what God will do for us through his word. But what do we need to do? Well, actually, what the Israelites do is a great example to us. In fact, we could take all those phrases I had, you know, the gathering, the preparing, but let's just take two. We need to do two things. Firstly, we need to listen attentively. Just like the Israelites, we need to actively seek out the word of God, and then we need to listen to it, and we need to study and understand it. The Israelites actively listen to what is said, but they also have the Levites, the teachers, explain it. We need to do exactly the same thing. Now, one of the great ways we do this, we pray, is that as we have sermons on a Sunday. Each week we want to teach and impact and learn from the Word of God. And a sermon is like a meal, something that feeds us. But we aren't just meant to eat once a week. And we don't live on bread, but on what God says. But it's so easy to become undernourished, isn't it? And that's exactly what some of us are as we watch this and listen to this today. And you might even agree and know with what what I'm saying, but you're underfed. You see, just as we need physical food to live and to grow, so we need the word of God to live and to grow with God. And we can't expect to grow when we're underfed. We need to regularly seek out and listen attentively to the word of God for ourselves. Can I encourage you, if you aren't already, use a daily Bible reading plan. If you aren't already, listen to sermons as well as your podcasts and your music. You know, I love listening to Pastor Tim Keller from New York. But maybe one thing you haven't done, maybe one thing we can all grow in, I know I certainly can, is learning to study the Word of God. Take a book of the Bible, say Ephesians, get a notepad and get a commentary. Commentary is just a book that someone's written that's the most detailed explanation of the Bible generally. I would recommend, for what it's worth, the For You series. Romans for you, Galatians for you, Ephesians for you. Get a commentary, get the word, and listen attentively to what God has to say to you. Give it your full attention and let God feed you. Learn to do the hard work of understanding what God has said, and it's totally worth it. Why? It's because understanding leads to joy. Verse 12, then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food And to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Listening attentively and understanding fully brings joy and growth with God. Learn to do this. Remember, above all, of course, that reading the Bible is not just about getting to know the Bible, it's about getting to know God. But trust that as you read his word, you will meet him and he will grow you and feed you and lead you into his joy. But we don't just need to listen attentively, we need to respond obediently. Like the Israelites, we need to do what God's word says. You know, following these verses in 1-12, to 12, the story continues, that the people go back the next day and they study, they pore over the book of the law, and they discover this festival in the book of Leviticus that God has commanded for them. And it's a festival called Succoth, or the festival of tabernacles, or the festival of booths. It's a wacky name. But God commanded them and said, in the seventh month, you're to live in temporary shelters outside the city, made of certain plants. And then you are to go about proclaiming my word throughout the cities and towns and in Jerusalem. And that's what they do. And they discover something amazing in this. They discover all the plans God has for them. And in obedience, it brings them joy. It says this in verse 17, that as they obeyed God's commands to do all that he's called them to do from the days of Joshua, son of Nun until that day, Israelites had not celebrated it like this and their joy was very great you see the joy of the Lord is our strength and obedience to the word of God brings joy if you want joy in your life learn to do what God has commanded you to do get in the word learn it and then obey it Jesus said you are my friends if you do what I command now we don't earn our relationship with God through obedience but we grow through obedience. And as we obey God, we find his joy. We need to listen attentively and we need to respond obediently to the word of God. And God promises his joy as we do this through the power of his Holy Spirit, as we read his living word. God's word revives us because God speaks through his word. And God would say to us today, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And my joy, says God, is found through my word. Now, I'd love us to pray right now, and I'd love us to pray for ourselves. Lord, we ask that we would be led into your joy, because we have listened and obeyed your word. God, we're sorry for where we've tried to feed ourselves. God, we're sorry for where we're underfed, where we thought that we can just live on one meal a week, or not even that. God, we want to be those who are fed by what you say to us. So God, stir a new hunger in us and then stir a new humility in us to obey what you've said. And I pray, God, that as a church and as a people, we would love your word. We would learn to treasure it and obey it and love it, God. And I pray that it would lead us to your life, God. And then I pray that we'd be those people that as we learn it and as we hold on to it, we would have you speak to us continually, God. And we wouldn't just have these great moments of revival like your people did back with Nehemiah, but God, we would just continually live out the revival life you have for us. And God, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.